Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear, don't call the boss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. It tells us that we are ready to begin. Welcome to the afternoon here on Sunday on 3 Triple RFM. Gosh, it's nice you've joined us. It's kind of like a little treat for us just to be able to leave the studio, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah, actually, and just to, to get together and see each other face to face. Yes. The first thing, the very, very first thing we want to do is to say to everybody, <sighs> and... <laughs> Hang in there. Yes. I think we've got this. It feels like we do, but I don't want to jinx it. No, I I don't want to either, but I also want to say that um, isn't it great to be a Victorian uh, at the moment? And while we're talking just about the apocalypse, I do want to send a shout-out to anyone who's um, isolating it. I think there's over 20,000 people across Victoria who are... Stuck inside for two weeks. You can't leave your house for any reason. It's really, really hard. And it's good to see people who are doing that, curtailing their own lives for the benefit of everyone else. It's awesome. So thank you. Especially if you're stuck in an apartment building with lots of grumpy grumpy neighbours in the same position. It's very, very hard. Agreed, Matt. It's, um, it is about the community that we are all a part of. Yes. But if I can extrapolate out one more ring from that. Please do. Lord. The hospitality industry, I feel for you so much. All the businesses that have had to go and where are the takeaway containers? Yep. Dig them out. We've got to pivot. You know, I know that so many of them can say, okay, we've got this. We know what to do. But it must be just so wearying for you. Um, I want to say that I empathize with you all. Um, I am in some way fearful mm. for some businesses. Yep. Uh, so we're, we're thinking about that. And um, our very, very first guest who is standing by, who I'm waving to on the Zoom, uh, <laughs> Danny Vallant will be uh, able to elucidate that yep. and to fill us in 
and uh, tell us what's going on as well as mm. um, what happened at the Paran Market uh, just the other day. And special shout out to all the Paran Market traders, especially those who now have had to close their stalls just for a couple of they weeks. They had to, to go in isolation. Just, just awful. Yeah. I remember this time last year, Ken, we were getting sick of saying <laughs> what, we're, in un- we're in unprecedented times. Oh, okay. I, thought- I, I kind of miss those times because now we're just sick of the bloody precedent. We now, just want to we just want to move on and not have to do this ever again. Yes, the grind of the precedent, the yeah. grind of the now, the grind of the thing that is in front of us. It's wearying. It is. It is really, really wearying. So, <clears throat> but we're gonna we're gonna attempt to uh, focus on the finer things in life. We are gonna have a chat to Danny around the pragmatic or the practical aspects of. Uh, Assistance that might be available to you if you're in the hospo game. Thank you. And then we're going to move on to John at the Queen Victoria Market, a yes. market that is not locked down at the moment, and uh, and talk about the seasons and talk about what's going to be on his plate. Is Franca and John getting on at the moment? <laughs> this is, you know, part of the soap opera yes. of, uh, of Eat It over the last 25 years. How is John's wife disposed to him at the moment? And is she going to make him an asparagus omelette? Yes. We'll find out that. <laughs> and uh, and then I thought we might just have a discussion in the studio. Actually, we both thought about this, didn't we, We mate? did. So last week uh, we talked about gadgets and we had a bit of a debate around what a kitchen gadget was. Yes, and, and if you hadn't listened to that, you know who won? Uh, Cam did. No, the microplane. Oh, the microplane. The I, microplane. I, I thought about the argument about gadgets themselves. So yeah. in your in your definition, gadgets are you know, a little tool that you'd put in your second drawer. Second or third drawer. Today we're going to talk about appliances. Yes. So this is not gadgets. This is things with a power cable. Power cable that go in and uh, we're going to talk about maybe the, uh, the great uh, – not single-use appliances, but appliances over the ages. Like, yes. Who can forget the Sunbeam electric frying pan? <laughs> the first blender where you went, let's try gazpacho. Yeah. Um, you know, and then moving on to the bread maker. The anyway, bread maker. We'll talk about yeah. all that. It's just a, a, just a bit of a, a conversation. Um, I'm just wondering, do you want to do a what's that in your mouth? Sure. All right, so one, two, three. What's, what's that, that in your mouth? mouth? We said to each other, as we ask each other, "What have you been eating? We've had a lot enjoying. We've had a lot of time to uh, to to consider menus and masticate. Yes, uh, because there's nothing else to do. Yes, what's that in your mouth, Cam? What's that? What's that mastication going on? Yes, I went back to the uh, favourites, a couple of favourites of mine. One Mm -hmm. which is very much part of my cultural history: a dish called the stuff. Oh, you've talked about this before. Uh, Run us through it again. It's just a pasta al forno. It's easy as. It's like you get mince, you you trick it up, you know, you put an onion in the pan, you do some garlic, Mm -hmm. you just do that. You might even put some cumin in if you wanted to sort of give it a Mexican accent. Mm -hmm. Anyway, you do a savoury mince is Mm -hmm. what we'd probably call this if we were still in the 70s. Yep. To that you add a pasta, spirelli, cesarece, whatever you want. Um, oh, I also, in the Mirepoix, in this, I did a little brunoise of carrot. Oh, this nice. is my favourite thing at the moment. Yes. The little brunoise, because it sticks to... And you've got the time to make the little dust. I know, and make it nice, make it nice, make it nice. Then, you put all that into a casserole dish, you yep. open up a tin of tomatoes, whole, mm-hmm. and cut them and just go around like that, mm-hmm. and then you just grate a whole bunch of cheddar cheese, and then a little bit of, because we're now in 20... 21, mm. panko breadcrumbs. Yes. Mum never did that. No. <laughs> no, she didn't have panko. Uh, for a little bit of extra crunch, um, and that's it. You whack it in the oven, you bring it out, 
Uh, tastes better the next day. You can freeze it. Yeah. It's really, really good. And the other thing I did, which uh, is so sustaining, is uh, the ham hock soup. So vegetarians, I know that we're not giving you many options in what I've been doing. Yes. Um, but that's what I've been doing, if I can say so. Uh, and uh, oh, ham hock soup yeah. with crusty bread. And this time of year, it's just... It's just a very good thing. It's pretty good. You have got a dinner pack uh, the other night from Cumulus. I did that. I, look, I'll, I'll, I'll state my uh, my privileged position up front. So I'm lucky that the lockdown hasn't impacted my income. So yeah. I can afford to do things like uh, do, do the restaurant dinner boxes. Yes. So we had a little uh, Cumulus one this weekend. I, would, the, my, I think my highlight, though, of... All the lockdowns, and you can get and um, you can get this outside of lockdowns as well. But yes. Grossi Florentino do uh, dinner boxes uh, during lockdown, but they also just do Grossi at home. What a pack! Uh, lasagna. Mm. Get the lasagna. It's the best midweek meal. Again, uh, sorry vegetarians, not one for you. No, but it is. What makes it special? I don't know. What is the je ne sais quoi I of this? No, I mean this Italian, this lasagna. Let's be. I mean, let's be. Half is the, it cinnamon? Half the attraction of making a dinner box special is you don't have to do anything. You just put it in the oven and walk away. Yeah. But in terms of the actual uh, lasagna itself, I don't know what the secret sauce is in there. But, but it's, there's something. But it's bloody good. There's something it's, in the way it moves you. And it is that time of year where, of course, it's cold outside. Very cold today. Just having something warming on the stove or in the oven uh, to fill your belly is a very important thing. And so uh, hopefully uh, that is where you are this Sunday, uh, dear listener. Well, that's where you are at the moment. It's uh, I'd actually say it's been a really, really beautiful morning. The sun actually, been actually been shining. It is cold. It's, uh, yeah. it's supposed to get colder. Snow down to 500 metres. Is it really? Yeah, right. Ten minutes past 12. You are listening to Eat It. We mm. mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. But, hey, you might have just joined us. And... Danny Vallant is going to be on next. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up rrr.org.au to find out how. Hi, I'm Gordon Ramsay. Welcome to 3 Triple R. I'm with Cameron, and please listen to Eat It, otherwise you are going to be in big trouble. Uh, that was so long ago. It was a long time ago, Gordon wasn't it? Ramsay, well, he was so nice to me. He's, well, he's a nice enough guy yeah, when nice he's guy. not doing his TV persona. Yeah, I know. When yeah. he's not doing his shtick. <laughs> uh, Danny Vallant, I can see you. I know, we're doing the Zoom thing. We're I doing like the it. Zoom thing. Well, we thought we'd do it. It was Matt's idea just to uh, uh, to increase, as well as being able to wave to you and to say, hey, wow, you've got a drum kit in the background. Um, we also have better audio. Uh, we started the show off, Danny, in um, acknowledging the isolation of the community and also the deep distress that some within our beloved industry must be in now. Uh, well, yeah, lockdown number five, I suppose in some ways you can say people are used to it and they know how to pivot and get stuff done. But at the same time, uh, most businesses mm. are without, you know, a level of government support that helps them get through without stress. That's um, the but, difference. You know, 
uh, it's uh, as we know the industry is incredibly resilient victorians are incredibly resilient um mm. we will get through this we will be, we will be back out there and of course you know melbourne has risen to the occasion and supported local restaurants to the extent that you know each individual is able to yes. uh, but yeah it is it is super <laughs> hard times uh oh <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of people doing it tough i'm i've got um anthony Fumia from maker and munger at Pran markets dog with me at the moment playing with my dog yeah anthony is one of many pran market traders who has to quarantine because the whole market was declared a tier one site yeah um so if max makes a little cameo uh you'll understand <laughs> just to just to give a little context to listeners maybe north of the yarra uh paran market within the paran market uh, anthony Firminia, uh has makes possibly one of the greatest grilled sandwiches in the free world, as well as curating just the most beautiful cheese and things, and he's accomplished great things there. But he's locked down, and as you say, you've got his dog. Yeah, but I will mention, I will mention um, yeah, that the store, they're like his shop is open today, and they're doing the toasties. So oh, are of, they? As, as with as with so many of the um, stalls, okay. you know, everybody's on deck on on Saturdays, which is when the case um, wandered around. Yeah. Um, but he did have one manager that wasn't um, working that day, so that person and you know a couple of uh, ring-ins are making oh. toasties today. So get down there for one of the best toasties in town. Indeed. So uh, that's the way it works so if you were not present um at that you still have the ability to keep your uh, stall open That's- yeah yeah they've done the deep clean the market's open but not all traders have been able to reopen it's right. it's, it's really about whether they've got staff that can um so, yeah just do what needs to be done so my old buddy um my old china plate down there damien pike he probably wouldn't be open because he doesn't have anyone to um, handball to prob- possibly. I know that the Paran Market website's got a live list of traders okay. that are open um, and the ones that are open yep. will definitely enjoy your support. Okay. Uh, you know, but the one, and you know, certainly as they reopen, uh, everybody will enjoy your support. Yeah. And just, um, and speaking of pivoting, um, you have written some fabulous articles and um, I thank you for your uh, public pronouncements and your advocacy and just sharing information for people, especially in this one in regard to getting some entitlements that uh, hospitality workers are um, able to avail themselves and also visa holders. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, both, most businesses will be aware of the business support payments that are available to yeah. them. I mean, no one pretends that that's um, going to replace lost income, but there, it you know, it is a little drop in the bucket mm. for um, individuals and sole traders. Well, anyway, let's say for individuals, there's a COVID disaster payment that is available to anybody who's lost more than eight hours of work. Yep. Um, Two tiers so, there, of course. Yeah, and if you're if you've applied for it before, whether you're a permanent resident or a visa holder, you've probably got a, a CRN, a reference number that you can use to get um, to make a claim through Services Australia. Yeah, if so- you're a visa holder that hasn't claimed last time, um, yeah, you can get on the phone tomorrow one eight zero double two double six, and the payment is three hundred and seventy five dollars if you've lost between eight and twenty hours of work, and it's six hundred dollars if you've lost more than twenty hours. That's right, and um, just to paraphrase. So, yes, if you have been registered to go onto the MyGov site in the past, it will streamline it and make it a little bit easier when you come on now. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The phone, the, the applications for this round of funding for Victorians opened on Friday. Uh, the phones and the website were um, pretty chockers, but hopefully tomorrow things will ease off a bit and anybody who wants to make a claim can do so. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Uh, and that's sort of it for uh, the support that we can get. Is the state government offering anything? Can Can people avail themselves to any support from the state well, government? One thing that it's really important for people to remember is that if the if you are required to isolate, there is a state government payment to yeah, help you through that. That's state, isn't and it? if you're required, if you are um, feeling a little bit sniffly and you go take a COVID test and you miss out on work because of that, there is a state government payment for uh, to get you through that. You know, hopefully it's just a day. You get your negative result. You can go back and do what you need to do. Mm. But um, yeah, there definitely is uh, support to do that, which I think is fantastic. That's available to citizens and visa holders, and it's so important that people are not in a position where they feel like they can't give up a day of work yep. uh, because um, they need to go get a COVID test. So definitely, I suppose, that's the system working in a good way to ensure that people do what they can do to keep our community safe. One of the realities of uh, this pandemic is the fact that lots of hospitality venues have had to resort to take away food and um Takeaway food options, one to keep themselves sane, the other one to keep themselves afloat. Uh, you have just written a, an interesting article, well, just talking about some of your favourite takeaways and I thought maybe you might want to quickly talk about takeaways and maybe do the Julie Andrews, which is these are a few of my favourite things. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified that. I thought I, I should. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to sing. No. Um... no okay, go. Climb every mountain, Danny. Okay, so uh, okay, so I've got a story in the in the Good Food website, and it's in the Sunday Age today yes. about some of my fave takeaways, or you know, takeaways that people should look out for. And so the feature one is uh, Tulum down in Balaclava, which has been doing a simit cart, so a pastry cart. Uh, and the, my favourite bite from that is a Bosphorus-style fish sandwich. So Evocative. anyone who's been to Istanbul, yeah. anyone who's been to Istanbul who, or who wishes they could transport themselves mm. there just for a fish sandwich can at least try to transport themselves to Balaclava. What um, makes this I mean, fish... hopefully, it, hopefully it won't be happening because we're going to be out of lockdown this week. But yep. Yep. Um, it's definitely one of the lockdown bonuses is that you can get some great pastries um, from Tulum in Carlisle Street. Yeah, that was one. Uh, and uh, and other f- favourite sort of takeaways that are around that you love? Well, I'd love to direct everyone to look at what Epoca does. So Angie Janikadakis is such a, like, such a legend of the Melbourne hospitality world and um, puts so much heart into everything she does, whether it's a coffee or a full roast dinner. Yes. Um, but, yeah, definitely see what Epoca's doing. And it possibly leads on... Um, into uh, the other story that I've got in today's paper, which is about Uber Eats and deliveries. Yes. Um, and Epoca is one restaurant that manages to do its own deliveries, therefore keeping all the money in-house. Mm, it is. And um, just to give us a, a little bit of a flavour about um, Uber Eats, Matt, you were saying to me 19,000 people eat Uber Eats. Well, 20,000 people in isolation. I guess the point around that is, you know, Uber or food delivery in general isn't, isn't, you know, just a luxury in this current time. It's it's just the way that you can get something maybe a little bit special if you're on day nine of your isolation. But um, yeah, there are some, some horrible effects happening specifically around Uber Eats and their lack of 
drivers, which I'm sure Danny can elucidate better than I can. Bang. Over to you, Danny. So there was – are we allowed to say shit show on Triple R? Yep. Um, <laughs> oh, no, hang on. Wait, no, no, just let's, let's rewind. Uh, kids, we're going to swear. There we go. Kick the kids out. Sorry, we had to give a context for that. Yes, it's been a shit show, hasn't it? So Friday night there was a bit of an outage on Uber Eats and um, orders were not getting through to drivers. Whoa. It was, uh, it w- but it was what it was was an escalation of a situation that has been commonplace for restaurants over the past year. Yes. As um, the sort of, I guess the. Uh, the workforce that often does these food deliveries, being international students, has gone Diminished. back to the country of origin yeah. or hopefully stayed here and got a job in their field if they didn't want to continue with the food delivery. There's been a driver shortage and what that's meant is that um, Uber sends orders through to restaurants. Restaurants make the food in good faith. Um, customers mm-hmm. are sitting at home waiting for their dinner mm-hmm. uh, but there's no driver available to pick that food up. So it just leads to... I. I I'm so scared to think about how many bags of food went cold and people got sad um, and, and they were just, angry. yeah, they just weren't ever delivered. And I guess, yeah, something that I talk about in my article is um, that people, customers often blame the restaurants. Uber's so faceless. Like even when I was writing this article, mm. you know, I spoke to their comms team and, and the message that comes back, it's from an Uber spokesperson. You know, there is no name, there is no face. But what there is wow, is really? real people on the end of the phone line or at the end of the Google review yes. um, for hangry, hangry customers that are taking it out on restaurants. It is not the restaurants. It is definitely not the drivers. Um, it is this technological interface which can be so convenient and handy and, um, you know, it can be super, it can be so It's so convenient, Mm. but it so often goes wrong for everybody in the food chain from the restaurant to the driver and to the customer. And dare we say it's so commonplace now. You know, it's just for so many people, it is just a part of their life. Get on, find dinner, wait for it to arrive. Why hasn't it arrived? And it just becomes like that. I have been watching a lot of YouTube in lockdown and I was speaking to you off here during the week and I was saying to you, oh, yeah, I'm seeing lots of ads that are recruiting for Uber Eats. And dare I say it, it sounds like fantasy land what they're, they're sort of trying to sell, that it's lots of fun and choose your own hours and you're the boss and come and join us. But they're hurting yeah, out there, I, aren't they? I, it- I interviewed an Uber, Uber driver for my piece, yeah. Alper Turgut, and, um, you know, he said he does enjoy it. You know, he likes, he does a regular beat, he knows his customers, he feels like it is part, he also works in hospitality and he oh, feels wow, like really? this is part of his hospitality work life, but there are so many things wrong with the dynamic. So it's hard for him just in terms, it's, it's hard to make enough money to live. Um, mm. it, you, you, often restaurants are so stressed because they've got dozens of bags sitting there. They might not treat you very well. The yes. customers are sort of angry when their food arrives cold. Yep. So it's just a dynamic that is not set up for kindness. And maybe one of the most important things that if you are riding along on your bicycle, motorcycle, car, whatever, and if you get injured, um, it's my... Um, uh, my view that it seems that uh, you're on your own, are you not? There are the different the different delivery apps have different arrangements different, yeah, with their do. contractors. So in some cases there is insurance, but it doesn't. Let's say it might um, 
it might look after you for the 10 minutes after you've dropped off an order. But if your ride home is 45 minutes, probably, you know, the, the rest of that ride, you're on your own. Yeah, so it's definitely uh, flawed. Yeah, it is flawed. Okay. Well, look, we, um, Danny, we have our fingers crossed um, with great hope and admiration for all the people of Victoria who have endured this and kept themselves in and locked down. What's in your pot? What are you cooking at the moment? Uh, well, I think one of the features of this lockdown has been the sort of cult food item. Yeah. Um, you know, like restaurants seem to be really honing in on homing in <laughs> on like a hero that. dish. Yeah. And so I was part of a little collab recently where we got some of Chef Colin Wood's cheese down from Sydney. It was picked up at Al Dente. It's this cheese for grilling. Mm. Um, so it's so like golden grilled cheese that just if it falls apart is so delicious. Yeah. Uh, so that is on my radar. And Attica's um, Saturday pork sanger that I got yesterday is Saw like that. way on my radar. It was so good. I'm so fortunate that that was in my 5K. Oh, lucky you. Yeah, that looked uh, absolutely delicious. And I'm still getting a little bit of uh, mileage from Attica's uh, summer camp uh, playlist for Spotify. <laughs> Matt's nodding his head too. Uh, so ah, that's not, a good idea. Yeah, not only do we, we get the, the fruits of his labours from the kitchen, but we get his curation of great music because he's got pretty good taste, that man. He does. Yeah. He reckons he does anyway. Yeah. Hey, um, can I just quickly give a shout-out to a little collab that happened yesterday at Paran Market? Sure. So just quickly, Cam, because I know you've got lots to do, but um, one of the things that traders were most concerned about when the market had to close was what to do with their beautiful oh, produce. Oh, yes, well done. Yes, good idea. Yep. Um, so a lot of it has gone to um, Second Buy and Fair Share um, mm-hmm. and Oz Harvest. Uh, there was a bunch left over specifically from Reliable Fruit and Paddle Wheel as well as Maker and Munger yesterday. And um, so with, through the kindness of Salvatore Malatesta from St Ali, yep. uh, he was able to get a truck to the market and all this beautiful produce from the um, traders was taken over to the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre in Footscray where it's going to feed hundreds of families during the week. Um, so massive shout-out to everybody who made that happen. Um you know, people, food lovers, it's the same with the, the restaurants that have their Uber Uber Eats food going cold or, or market traders that have food that they feel like someone won't be able to enjoy. It's not just about the money. It is about the money, but it's not just about the money. It's about beautiful food getting to beautiful people. Yeah, that's why this industry has such depth, I think. Absolutely. It does. Yeah. It's got depth and yeah. it's also got heart, as do you, Danny Vallant. And the dog's quiet. What had happened to it? What did you do to the dog? Uh, I don't know. He's around here. I dread to think what what they're up to, but I'll go find them. I suddenly feel like I'm in a Tarzan movie. Hey, it's quiet. Yeah, too quiet. All right. Danny's going to find out what's happened to Anthony. What's the dog's name again? Max. Max. Good on you, Maxie. Um, Danny, thank you so much. Uh, Can't wait to see you in person. Uh, in the meantime, one of those Bosphorus fish sandwiches sounds just divine from uh, from Tulum. Really, Absolutely. really does. See you, Danny. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye. Oh, pleasure as always. Triple R. 
You are listening to Eat It on 3 Triple R. Matt's here. He's driving the bus. Yes. Uh, not very successful. We're trying to get on to John. Yeah, is he not around? Uh, no, let's try, we'll, we'll just try him live on air. Oh, we're live on air. Here we go. There's a bit of excitement. Well, we don't actually get to usually do this. Uh, we are ringing into postcode 3000, Queen Victoria Market. Oh, I hope we got the number right. Otherwise, there's just some random person about oh, to answer. Yeah, hello. Awkward, that doesn't it? sound good. Is that ringing? Oh, that's a ringing. Yeah. Yeah, one ringy dingy. Two ringy dingy. John speaking. Sorry, I didn't pick up before. Oh, there he is! <laughs> Boom! Yeah, you're uh, you're live to air at the moment, John. We uh, we're on. The re- if you were in the studio with us, you would see there's a red light flashing, which means we're going out to the people and uh, other people coming to you. How you doing down there? I'm a little bit cold, but very good, so good afternoon. What about you guys? Well, we're probably a little bit warmer because uh, we do have the miracle of uh, of air conditioning that can heat as well as cool. We're not in an H-shed at the moment. Uh, did you get some sunshine this morning? Because it was quite nice. Yeah, there's been uh, some moments. Hang on. Thank you. You'll enjoy that sauce. It's from Calabria. What? Uh, a young lady <laughs> just gave me $5. I bet you, you said uh, that to all the girls. Of- yeah. Sorry, let's not go there. Family show. Sorry, yes. Yeah, so uh, she's buying some beautiful sauce from the south of Italy. Ooh. Um, it's a passata and it's lovely. That's, yeah, all right. So that sounds good. You send, yeah, you, it is, it is. You sell, oh, that's right. You'd sell those jars of passata. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, it's a beautiful passata. It's um, nearly as good as the stuff we make. It's pure. Word. So people are happy they take it home and make some beautiful pasta. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Posada can be great, but one of the greatest things to make it a complete aberration is dried basil. Yeah. Dried basil is probably one of the... Anyway, that's just one of my pet peeves. I hate it. Um, Now, look at you multitasking, John. I'm loving this. Oh, yeah, I have to, mate. I've got to look after these girls. I know you do. I know you do. Now, tell me, the, the... what uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine, Steve Cook, who comes and buys off you. Hi, Steve, if you're listening. Uh, and uh, we were talking about uh, moving away from the Doncaster tomatoes to the South Australian tomatoes. Has that happened? Yes, it has. Hey. We've still got a few um, hey. Doncasters left, but believe it or not, it's hmm. nearly the end of July. Hmm. And if people are still asking for them because they love the acid. Yes. And um, when we have a crossover from one season... To another, mm. um, you know, you always have that. The last ones are not one hundred and ten percent, but still good. Mm. And the new ones, um, well, either if they're greens, they're baby veggies, and um, tomatoes are probably not as ripe as some people would like. Yep. But still good enough to keep eating and um, living uh, a good life with good veggies. Speaking of good veggies, have you still got those um, those beautiful capsicums? Oh, we've got the beautiful mini capsicums, red and yellow, mm. that are just a little bit bigger than an egg to start for, eat raw, snack on. Yep. And we've got beautiful, big, thick flesh uh, red capsicums from Queensland this week. They are Last so week sweet. we had the beautiful ones from South Australia. Yeah, they are. I got and the some... beauty of them... Sorry. No, I was just going to, I was just going to say, I got some... Uh, whenever I saw you last, which is more than two weeks ago, uh, but I, I got some home and then just flashed them in the oven so you get the skin off and the concentration of sugar. Oh, my God, it's so good. Yeah, that's yeah. the beauty of it because when you eat them, you you, you crunch into them and um, mm. you get that beautiful sugar hit as well. Beautiful with crusty bread, you know, and cheese and that. Yeah. Actually, I made a, um, uh, well, uh, I made a lamb burger. 
Uh, because the only way to afford lamb these days, it seems, is to buy minced lamb. Uh, uh, I did a burger with a lamb patty, some of those capsicums, a little bit of zadziggy, and what else? A bit of crunchy lettuce, and it was really, really nice. Goes really, really good with uh, with the lamb. Oh, that's good. Speaking of lamb, I bought um, half of the lamb shoulder, mm. uh, the, the thick bit down the bottom, Yes. And I asked the boys to butterfly it, and we're going to stuff it and make a ragu with it. Yeah. And with our beautiful fresh tomato, it's going to be gorgeous. Oh, is that uh, is it? When's that on the uh, on the on the table? Probably Tuesday night, I think. Okay, okay. Um, I, we were. I was posing the rather naughty question at the beginning of about you know how you and um, your your wife are getting on, how Franca is, and whether she is kindly disposed to you, and whether she's treating you in the kitchen. Is she making you eat? There's no time for asparagus omelets because there's none around, really, so that wasn't really a move. Well, I'll tell you something. The uh, asparagus have started. Oh! I'll I'll send you a photo later, make you really jealous. I'm sorry, but they um, picked some beautiful asparagus last week from Mildura. They were much thicker than your thumb, and um, there was only three in a bunch, and they weren't cheap. Three in a bunch? Three in a bunch, and that would have been probably four hundred grams. Wow! Oh, wow! And, they're big um, asparagus. Yeah. So this week they sent down some um, uh, a variety of sizes, and I bought the the tips that broke off, and they're still about uh, twelve centimeters long, oh, and we're God. selling them twenty five dollars a kilogram. Yeah. Um, and the ones that were only a few centimeters long were double the price. So you can imagine how much <laughs> they'd be selling for. Did but you sell them all? Very, very. Yeah, there's only a handful left. Wow. So um, they're very, very tender. The heads are very tight. Yeah. I'm surprised that they actually jumped up out of the ground because I'm sure, you know, once they stick their head up, they say it's too cold. Yeah, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? Especially, but yeah, we're spoiled. Especially cold Mildura nights. I mean, that's inland, you know. It's a bit different from Kui Rup, uh, which Definitely. is probably the birthplace of the greatest uh, yeah. asparagus in Australia. So I'll make you jealous again. I did get some steamed asparagus yesterday. Oh, you did? And uh, I'll take another handful home, so I might get um, an omelette. Who knows? Well, you just mind your P's and Q's and you be nice and you will. Definitely. That's yeah. what she said to me. Yeah. Be nice. Be nice. And I'll do it. And I'll do it. And, uh, yeah, and you will be re- you will be rewarded. You will be rewarded. Uh, let's look around the market floor and tell us the pick of the market, please, John. Pick of the market? I'm selling the best. Pretty-looking Portobello Swiss brown mushrooms for $20. But there are a lot of seconds around... Excuse me. There are a lot of um, second grade around the market, which you can um, stew very quickly or make a mushroom sauce with. Mm. So that's something that people should think about. Yep. Um, We've got beautiful carrots that um, go ideal and to make the best soup or minestrone. Uh, just to warm the cockles of your heart. Yeah. And uh, we've got all the beautiful root vegetables as well that go with that. Beautiful parsnips. We've got sweet turnips. Mm. Um, we've got all the beautiful capsicums that we were talking about before, the nice green bullhorn and the beautiful crunchy red bullhorn if you've got time to shove them under the grill. Or stuff them. Uh, or stuff them. Thank you, John, for your recipe and your inspiration over the years for that. Yeah, it's enjoyable to it eat is. them like that. It and uh, strangely, even though it's cold, we've been selling beautiful, fancy lettuce 
like green oak, mignonette, butter lettuce, because mm. it's just so nice and crisp and inviting. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we all I, like to have a salad. Can I actually say just something regarding that? Because we're eating a lot of really fatty foods and rich foods and, you know, winter foods, now more than ever you need a little acidic, crunchy counterpoint to it. And I reckon a salad in winter is so important. Definitely so. And... um Fennel is another good thing to do that as well. Um, once you've had a big meal, um, yeah. especially if we've had pasta, yeah. and then meat in the uh, sauce, and sometimes mm-hmm. you might have a uh, uh, chicken done in the oven, you've had a big meal, yeah. and um, you're feeling a little bit heavy and a little bit greasy in the mouth, maybe. Yeah. So we have sliced fennel with a little bit of um, olive oil and vinegar on it, or even... Um, um, on its own with a little bit of salt, so yeah. it's a good way to end a meal. Sometimes I prepare, uh, pretend that I'm Sicilian, and yeah, I have. Uh, well, why not? Hey, role-playing is great, I've heard. Um, but Radicchio and uh, next door, Robbie, has got those beautiful caracara oranges. Uh, big yeah. orange, looks a bit like a navel, but it's got this, uh, it's almost like a ruby grapefruit colour. It's uh, They yeah, are just yes, divine. But it doesn't have the acidic... Mm. Of the grapefruit, and also blood oranges have started. Oh, uh, good. A good. little bit tart at the moment because they're the first ones. Yeah. Um, but the caracara is the ideal um, orange to do that, and also they're very nice to juice as well. Yeah, there you go. All right, mate. Well, look, um, we're going to leave you uh, because no doubt you're, you're working hard and selling, uh, serving lots of people. Uh, fingers crossed that we out of lockdown, and I'll come and see you next Sunday, mate. I hope so too. I hope you you be nice to Franca and you enjoy the uh, the asparagus too. Oh, we definitely will. All right. I wish everyone good luck. Keep safe. Keep warm. Thank you, John. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Yeah, God, there he is, John. Multitasking. Multitasking. Hey, you want to uh, get, get that uh, that song going? Yeah, I, I will. I was just about to say, follow up on um, on Danny's point as well. If if uh, the markets are in your radius, then do make sure you keep visiting them, especially Paran Market, still open for trading. Yes, that's a very that is important. So uh, don't get scared off by a little exposure. A couple of well, about a week ago now. Yeah. Independently yours, Triple R, one hundred two point seven. We've got about 10 minutes, yeah. uh, and we thought, Matt and I were just talking about stuff, shooting the breeze and yep. going, you know, maybe we should just have a nice little studio chat because, yeah. well, we can't have guests in, but we've got each other, man. <laughs> we do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I thought we might, uh, because we uh, spoke to the very, very lovely uh, Muhammad yes. from Chef's Hat, and thanks to them for... Um, doing all those gadgets and having a chat there. And you concluded the best way to maybe spend some money on a gadget was on a microplane grater. Uh, yes, a couple. You yeah. get, you get uh, two grades and you must do them. And I think the next one was the Japanese mandolin, uh-huh. which oh, is very, yes. very good for slicing things uh, uniformly. Yes. Watch the tips of your fingers, though. But this week we turn our attention to the power outlet. Oh, I love that. 240 yes. volts. What are you going to do with it? Where them? is that? How many amps have we got, Matt? <laughs> how, many, how many amps? A maximum are, of 10. Are, are they playing for out there, Matt? <laughs> maximum of 10 because we're not on three-phase. No. Tell them what they've won. Well, if you were um, maybe possibly in a game show during the 50s or the 60s, one of the things you might have been able to win yes. was the Sunbeam electric frying pan. Oh. See the marvel of the Sunbeam. Now, what did it do? 
Yes. Well, I think it liberated. I, okay, here's my conjecturation on this, if I can make up a word. <laughs> um, in those days, the stoves were pretty pitiful. Right, right yes. small burners. Yep. Right, and this allowed you to have quite a wide area that you could fry stuff in. Were they? I'm thinking. Were they square? I'm they were the, square. Square shaped frying pan. Square shaped, usually aluminium. Space, yes. The space age material of aluminium. Yes. Um, Non-stick. Non. Oh well, no, maybe not back then. No, 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 no. no. You're on Stick. your own. Yeah. Stick. <laughs> <laughs> now, more stickiness. Uh, and they became more high top. During the 70s, they became brown and orange. Yes, like as, as everything did when, as, when white goods were brown for yeah, a decade. As, as they did. And it, it sort of evolved this whole sort of way of sort of skillet cooking, I suppose. And, right. And, uh, and we did all sort of manner of things and allowed people to possibly cook outside. True. Um, it was uh, it was pretty good. It was ubiquitous. Mm. Electric frying pans were everywhere. We had one as a family. We had eggs. one. I don't know why, because we had a stove as well. But we had yeah. one. It was an alter- it was a is a genuine alternative cooking method if you didn't want to use the stove for whatever it is. Yeah, that's right. That's mm. right. Indeed. Would you buy one now, though, Cam? No. no. Oh no! What am I talking about? I have one at home. Mm. Um, I've got a Japanese one, the Tiger. Oh. It's not bad, actually. I gave it to my parents years ago. And yeah, they, right. Somehow it came back to me. Mm. The other thing that is um, the the one thing that was big in the 60s and probably the 70s was the blender. Right. Which gave great opportunities to get drunk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yeah, more daiquiris! Because <laughs> we weren't doing so much. We were, we were doing a lot of strawberry daiquiris in those days, if I remember well. Yes. My limited memory of those times. I think a blender is something, and it's still a very valid device today. Yes. Uh, it's probably one of those things that you buy and then you overestimate how much you're going to you're use. You're going to use it and it goes back into the cupboard. We pro- and then it, get, it gets into that horrible zone right at the back of the of the furthest cupboard that you yes. have to rogers around to try and find. It's horrible. Yep. So I, yeah, I, we do have a blender. We don't really use it for much. Can I suggest something, a hybrid dish, which might bring yes. you black, back the blender? Maybe not for the middle of winter, but uh, booze-loaded gazpacho. Oh, So the bloody, a bloody gazpacho. <laughs> yes. Because I reckon gazpacho is awesome. Yeah. Like loaded with garlic and... And so what is gazpacho for those who might not have heard about it? It's a wet salad. Yes. Uh, of It's mainly capsicum and tomato. That's sort of where the main flavour base mm. comes from. Onions, a bit of garlic. Uh, and it is. For a lot of people, I think, when they first got their, you know, whatever brand blender it was, yep. that was the first thing they did. So would we have one of those? Meh, I'm not so sure. It wouldn't be the first on my list, I must admit. All right. The ignobles of the uh, plug-ins. Uh, yes. One which... Really, really peaked. Mm-hmm. The bread maker. Yes, they were big for two years, sort of in the early noughties. Yes, your own bread with a hole in the bottom of it. Yeah. That was the two. Made, made your kitchen smell nice, I guess. And, but... and it helped sell houses in the early property boom. It did, yes. It was one of those de rigueur things. Have coffee on and the bread maker going, and you will get an extra 10K. And look, there could still be a few people out there still using and loving their bread makers and good on you. But I think good bread is so easy to get now, you know, from from bakers and for even, from, you know what, even supermarkets do pretty good bread nowadays. So, mm. you know. Mm, pretty good. Uh, one thing, <laughs> valid. Okay, is it yes. valid? Yes, to make your own dough. If you want to make pizza, yep. to mix dough, I think a bread maker. The one that I think came along that 
would be on my thing if I had a desert island yes. and I needed one appliance. Yes. Or no, I'll be disappointed because there won't be the 10-amp power thing to plug it into, but it's just the idea of it, yeah. the rice cooker. I'm a big fan of a rice cooker. The rice cooker. It's the only one, I reckon, that... Is almost essential. Uh-huh. And you know the uh-huh. good thing, if, you, if you're listening to this and you don't have a rice cooker, my top tip with rice cookers, the cheap ones are Fine. I've got a Black & Decker. They're totally fine. You can buy a rice cooker from aisle 10 of the supermarket and it's $12. The and Tiffany. It is, is funny. It's by the Tiffany. <laughs> Never has a product line been so oddly named. Yes. But the Tiffany... Uh, uh, anyway, no, the cheap rice cookers are absolutely They're fine. fine. Um, and they save you a pot to wash up. I was I was convinced by rice cookers when we had Elizabeth Chong on this show over 20 years ago now. Oh, going, yeah, what are and you talking like, about? And she's like, of course you use a rice cooker. You use it every day. Yeah, yeah. I use my rice cooker at least twice a week. It is valid with a capital V. All right, so that's uh, I reckon that's the, the top one. Um, moving on from there, the crock pot. Yeah, I, look, I'm a bit of a fan of the crock pot. And I'll tell you why. So uh, I have fond childhood memories of... Uh, the orange or brown one. Uh, yeah, we actually yeah. had the, the, the round the actual crockpot branded one, which was sort of a deep orange. Yeah. Uh, and my mum, who's probably listening today, hello mum, would do uh, in the winter things like uh, casseroles and slow cooked meals, apricot chicken. And I, no, we didn't quite get that far in the crockpot. <laughs> but I was always the first home, and yeah. my job was to, you know once you got home from school was to stir the crockpot, and oh. uh, just you know coming home to a cold house with that smell. <sighs> and I think I probably ate three quarters of the casserole when I was supposed to just be staring it. But they're and valid. The only thing I would say yeah, what? is, uh, you know, it's difficult with a crock pot to control the water consistency because it's just, yes. you just turn it on. So and you walk away. You walk sort of away. the idea. Um, so it can be, it can be a little bit difficult to get the right consistency to finish. So you can use a corn flour slurry or something to thicken. Oh, okay. Um, you know, you can just, just get the grilled and dump it in a saucepan and, and reduce it that way. But you've got to just be a little careful with the recipes you use. Yeah, but if you want to go low and slow and you want to be departed from it, I think a crock pot is, uh, and, is and good. And you have that smug satisfaction if you're at work or away from the house knowing that dinner's already on. It's great. Got a couple of minutes left. Two things. Go. Well, one, Duncan Buchanan said, mate, <laughs> g'day, Duncan. Uh, if you're going to talk about anything, you better be talking about that bloody Thermomix. Yes, Have that's you... the miracle appliance of what, sort of maybe the 2010 era? Which we've ignored completely, haven't we? Well, because it's, you know, I, I absolutely see benefit for a lot of people, but it's out of the price range of so many It's over mm-hmm. $2,000 for one of these things. And look, it, it can be transformative. But, you know, I was saying just... be transformative. Well, I was just saying before that I quite enjoy... You, is that you saying, I kind of like the idea of it, but, you know... <laughs> I get it for some people, but yeah. I, I like chopping and cooking, so yeah, I kind of want to do that myself. And I want to see the food transform myself. Yeah. You know, not have it locked away in stainless steel. Yeah. That's just me on that one. Uh, the other one, which I, um, which I sort of was around and I reject... Mm. Uh, and it's for environmental, actually, reasons, oh, yes. believe it or not, is um, a sous vide machine. Um, yeah. Because every time you do sous vide, you have to vacuum pack something in thick grade plastic. And then chuck it in the bin afterwards. Which then goes straight into the bin. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, maybe you can cook a perfect steak at whatever degrees it is, but. And again, a good CV machine is expensive too. It's not a cheap thing. Yeah, learns. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're not as much as they used to be anymore. Oh, okay. No, they've come mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so what have we got? Sous vide pressure cooker. So which one are you going to pick? I would pick uh, the, the rice cooker. The rice cooker. Yeah, it is. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, 12.59 here. We just thought we'd have a little shoot in the breeze. What's your favourite uh, kitchen gadget? Oh, also, um, mm-hmm. honourable mention for something you plug in into 10-amp power, the stab mixer. 
Oh, they are very handy, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Then yes. that's, that's third drawer material. Yeah, I would probably get one of them over a blender, if I'm honest. Yeah. Use it more often. Me too. You have been listening to Eat It On 3, Triple RFM. There's a whole bunch of afternoon entertainment coming yeah. your way. Still here is up next. Don't touch that dial. Don't touch it, I tell you. <laughs> Bye. See you next week. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.